Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everybody, this is John Schneider and Brian Manning, my co-host, and this is Talking Turkey. And we're kind of talking turkey kind of late in the game here, but we have to have something relevant to talk about other than jawing at each other in front of you guys. So today's show is basically a recruiting show because that seems to be the big activity going on right now. And we had a kind of a, a recruiting event yesterday and the day before. It sort of shook out. I'm still shaking some grapevine to try to figure out what's going on or what happened. But um, you can, why don't you sum it up for everybody? Well, first of all, John, how are you? It's great to be back on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, you're referring to the four-star quarterback, Demetrius Davis from Houston, Texas, who committed to the Hokies way back in November, which seems like forever ago now, and got this whole hashtag Texas to VT movement going. Well, Last week, last weekend, approximately, I think it was maybe Saturday, he removed VTQB commit in his Twitter profile. And of course, this fan base went crazy. And the thing about this fan base is, and it's just not just the Hokies fan base, this is the fan base for everybody in the country. They get on Twitter and they talk to these recruits and it's just the stupidest thing ever. I don't care if they're saying good things, bad things, anything, just leave them alone. You know, it's stupid, but... They got on there and and apparently made a big deal out of him changing his Twitter profile. Most people close to the situation thought no big deal. But this time there was reason to worry because behind the scenes, apparently the talk of Auburn was getting to him. And I don't know if it's so much Auburn as it was bigger schools were trying to use this opportunity to get at him in a little bit, thinking he's too big for Virginia Tech. And apparently he's starting to listen a little bit now. While he did release in his statement that, he would be taking an official visit to Virginia Tech when the COVID-19 pandemic ends, which isn't going to happen anytime soon. They already announced that the, they're going to extend the dead period, so it could be the season, if there is a season, which I do believe there will be, but before they can take official visits, and that'll be September. So who knows what the situation will hold by then. Do I expect him to take an official visit? The pessimistic side of me says no but I, I don't really know where to go with this one, but it's a huge loss. I mean, no matter how you spend this one, it's a huge loss. And, and I don't know who to point fingers at, who to blame. I think Justin Fuente, who I, who I've been very critical of as a recruiter, I think he, I think he's done all he could on this one. There's only so much you can do when you can't have the kids on campus. So only so many virtual visits you can have. Yeah. Well, you know how I felt about it and I've already stated that before. I didn't like, Okay, it's not that I don't like the kid. I don't know the kid, so I wouldn't think. 
I don't think that this kid fit Justin Fuente. I think it was a bad bet all the way around. It had it had JJ written all over it again. Although he's probably faster than JJ was, but this kid is really small. Is he's got a okay arm? It's not bad, but he's basically a running quarterback. But he's an edge running quarterback, and the Cheeto doesn't work that way. The Cheeto works straight up the middle. That's our biggest complaint, right? Is that the base set of plays that Fuente runs are variations on a theme straight up the middle, whether it's the half, but you know, the read option, whether it's the running back or the quarterback taking the ball up the middle through off the edge of one seam or another and, you know, in the blocking scheme. Well, I, I think this kid's different. I think this kid is a super athlete, but I think he's a passer first. You go back and watch him and is some of his, a lot well, of his that is true. He, he, yeah. I did, that's why I said he didn't, I wasn't saying he didn't have an arm. He, he's not a running quarterback. And that's, that's the irony of Virginia tech football is we need he's a, that. He is actually a true dual threat quarterback. He's most people would assume that he's a runner first when you, when you see him and his athleticism, but he's actually a passer first, but, and he won at the highest level in Texas, two straight state titles to have that kind of kid commit to you to play quarterback, the ability to his, to get others to come here. Oh, it's run. a big, it's a big prestige thing. I mean, you've been, you've been tracking my articles, right? I mean, I would hope that folks on the staff are at least reading through them. Yeah. It is a prestige factor that took a hit. It is. Yeah. I would never say the kid's too small. Look at his size. I mean, he's, he's almost identical to the size of Russell Wilson and we know what Russell Wilson could do. I'm not, I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson, but we know size didn't disqualify him as a, as yeah. a quarterback. For somebody else coaching, I would say that'd be fine. And Russell Wilson did great. But for Justin Fuente and the way that offense works, you need a quarterback that's at least 6'2 and 220. And he has to be able to rip the ball up the middle. And if he can't do that, he's not going to play well for this offense. It's not corn. It's not able to game plan around somebody who can't run up the middle. Then that's a coaching issue. It goes back to co- you get a, a, a kid who's an elite talent, which Davis to me is an elite talent. You build your offense around him. That's what I think people were saying. Honestly, not to interrupt, but but I see where you're coming from because I see the people that saw the repeat of Michael Vick in their eyes. And of course, this kid was a big Vick fan, you know, and that's one reason why he wanted to come to tech because he wanted to be the next Michael Vick and all that other thing. But we also saw what happened in the last four, as somebody commented on the Facebook page, we saw what happened with the last four-star quarterback that we attempted to play, you know, and that was J.J. He was a big four-star recruit, big got everything else, and it worked for about three-quarters of a season, and then it started to fall apart because the game planning didn't match J.J.'s skill set and it put him in bad positions consistently, which meant he was throwing the ball away all the time instead of making connections. Let's let's be clear on JJ. First, I don't know what they were saying. JJ was never a four star recruit. He was a three star recruit. Well, he, he was okay. Back, he, I got to talk to Josh. He was in some services. He was a four, and some he was a three. It was one of those borderlines. But he um, he doesn't possess the anywhere near the talent of, of Davis, and as an athlete or as a passer. But it does go back to coaching. No matter what you have at quarterback, if you choose this guy, then you need to build your offense around what he does well, incorporate things into your offense that the, your quarterback does well. And if this staff can't do that, they don't need to be here. That, that's Well, that's, 
the, no, the, the problem we're going to run into is the same problem that everybody else is going to run into. And that's why I can't, I started that the, the program twilight series, which is kind of a bridge in this recruiting thing, because what's the twilight caused by the twilights caused by the fact that most of the schools in college football can only attract two and three star talent period. It's just, the best talent they're going to get is maybe an occasional four-star. And that kid might be a difference maker. Or he might be a problem. You just don't know. But most programs live in the two and three-star range. And that's what's getting us right now, that there are a couple of people on the field that are difference makers. Like if we had a five, let's say a five-star defensive tackle, that would not be enough of a difference maker in the whole squad composition to to make that five star other than being an NFL draft pick which is its own talent issue it wouldn't make a big difference in the performance of the the team as a whole whereas if you had a four four and a half or five star quarterback it makes a huge difference or if you have maybe a four star quarterback somebody who's solid a three or four star quarterback but you have a five star receiver that makes a huge difference because of the dynamic of what football is and how it works. So what we run into now and what we're running into with this talent game and why this is a hit to me is it's not that it's a hit on the quarterbacking. I didn't, I didn't think he would fit into Fuente's system and Fuente's one of those guys, he has a system. He wants it to work the way he wants it to work and he does not really adapt well to things that don't work within that parameter set that he wants. Look what happened to Willis when Willis couldn't run anymore. Willis went from playing decent football, three-star football, to being terrible in the middle, you know, at the end of the season, the middle of the season. And I remember the military bowl wondering, what the heck's going on in the second half? I'm standing there in the rain, and I'm, like, really ticked off because suddenly the offense shut down. It wasn't doing anything. We needed to keep scoring with Cincinnati because our defense stunk. Why? Well, it turns out Willis dislocated his shoulder and he and he couldn't throw. And that started my gears turning when I figured that out. That when Willis was on the was trying to do, if you can't, I call it selling the Cheeto. If you can't, sell, if the quarterback cannot convince somebody that they're going to run, that offense doesn't work. That's why it worked with Hendon Hooker. Because Hooker was a legitimate threat to run. And you and I both saw that. We both commented on it almost immediately. It was it was so much of a difference maker in the in the offense that he was an accurate passer, but he was a genuine threat to run the ball. Back to Fuente. Fuente wanted Fuente wants Davis bad. He's wanted Davis bad. He knows what Davis could do. And if he can't maximize that skill set, that's a coaching issue, a hundred percent. He knows what Davis could mean for his job, for his future, for the future of this family. I mean, there's just so much more than than what what he can do on the field as a freshman or anything. It's his loss is huge, and Fuente knows it's huge. And I'm not going to sit here and blame Fuente on this one. I, we we know no, he's had this kid. I I, I don't want to because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, Auburn is closer to Houston by a a good shot. There's, there's a whole lot of things playing in. I don't even know if it's some other school that he's suddenly interested in. 
that maybe has started to talk to him, including Texas A and M. We don't know. We don't that, know. We don't know that that he's going to Auburn. We don't know that he's truly. We don't know that he's the kid's being one hundred percent honest, and he truly wants to slow things down. Maybe he does want to take visits, and maybe he feels like because I know. Yeah, maybe Quinte he feels like he rushed it. Quinte discourages visits when you're a, a commit, and I and I agree with that strategy. If you're if you're committed, don't be taking a visits. But maybe he said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna back off my commitment, then I'm gonna take some visits when I'm allowed to take visits again." And and maybe he comes back into the fold. I mean, you can't yeah, who, who you can't rule it out completely. The door's not slammed on it. It's just. At this point, I'm with you. I think it's a lower percentage than 50-50. Yeah, the, 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 the door is wide open for him to come back. They're going to recruit him every day oh. like they have. Since he's been in the fold, they're going to talk to him every day. Do I think he comes back into the fold? I don't. But the door is open. But I think – and I think there's – there's I don't know what's in the kid's head. No one does. These are 17-year-olds. Yeah, it's true. And this this will come up in my next article, which will be kind of an examination of all of the recruiting practices. They, the NCAA just pushed out a bunch, a, a several new rules that had to do with COVID shutdowns and and extending recruiting periods and doing all sorts of other stuff. I haven't read through the specifics yet, so I'm not going to comment completely on them, but they're making changes. But then we have the name face recognition stuff where California pushed everybody's hand. And now they're going to have these kids are going to have to be compensated for their, their names and their, and And that's that's, that's another topic that we're going to have to go through because it it might be relevant here. You don't know. It could be because you know, the money's going to be better for an SEC team than it's going to be better for for Tech. The, the likeness issue is a is is for every every it's going to impact everywhere because any yeah. comic bookstore you go into there's a jersey for sale for instance this year I don't know who it's going to be this year for instance it may be number eleven for Virginia Tech it may be number two well yeah. we know those likenesses belong to Trey Turner and Hendon Hooker in this new rule they would be compensated for their jerseys being on sale and for how many's purchased so yeah I've heard be an issue I've everywhere. heard I've heard one blow by discussion that gave a, a a summary that said you might see colleges go back to randomly assigned annual jersey numbers within their uh, number range and no names on the jerseys because the programs are not okay the NCAA is surrendering on it and of course California forced everybody's hand with the law but guess what there are a lot of institutions out there that are fighting this tooth and nail so you know, this is going to change things like this recruiting thing in the Davis situation greatly because these kids are going to start gauging. And then I'll, I'll tell you one thing, it's going to change the agent situation because who's going to be signing these kids up and who's going to be marketing their name and their number and whatever is, you know, what are you going to tell them? No, you can't have a financial advisor. What are they going to have a an, a marketing core inside the NCAA to help these kids out, make sure that their contracts are valid and that they're compensated properly. You know, it's just, it's a mess. And I, I, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of things that everybody seems on that side of the fence seems to be just going, we don't want this to happen and we just want it to go away. So they're, they're not actually doing anything. They're not discussing anything and they're not talking about it. 
Yep, that's an issue. That's an issue for another day, and that'll that'll be one that every school in the NCAA will have to address. So, but uh, yeah, so just as a, a kind of a wrap up on this, everybody needs to kind of calm down about the Davis thing. It is what it is, as a friend of mine says. But it is what it is, and there are circumstances that we don't know and we don't understand. The Twitter thing, yes, I will back. Brian up a hundred percent, a thousand percent on this one. And cause I'm the Twitter guy for our site, leave the kids alone. Yeah. They talk and everything else. Let them talk amongst themselves. Let them thank this or thank that or whatever. Leave them alone. 30, 40 and 50 year old man, older, younger, whatever. Don't need to be getting involved in high school conversations with kids. They don't know and, and calling them out and, criticizing their their decisions of someone they don't even know it's just the most ridiculous thing and it's not just virginia tech it's everywhere it's it's worse in the schools like alabama and ohio state i've read some of the things that those fans say about those players that back out of a commitment or go somewhere else it's just unbelievable yeah it's inexcusable now the respect my decision thing i'd like to sit them all down and say no people don't have to respect your decision that's it's, this is my decision, or, you know, I've changed my mind, or whatever, respecting a decision, a lot of these kids never understand what giving your word means, they're never taught that, they never learn that. Well, it's a different age where a handshake used to mean something now, an actual commitment doesn't mean anything. That's that's right, and and it's bi-directional, by the way, a lot of, this Joshua kept reminding me all these years, he goes, you know, dad, schools back out of commitments all the time they do he's right they absolutely do so i'm again putting that out to for our our audience please leave these kids alone if they commit it doesn't mean anything really we're talking about nothing counts until they sign that letter of intent and get it into the athletic director correct and even if they backed out of that that's not our business as fans as we could be disappointed or whatever Leave the kid alone. He's just a kid. Most of these people are 17, 18-year-old kids. They have no experience with this stuff. And, they, you know, there's no agent. There's no other than their parents or, or guardians or or what uncles or aunts who are helping them out. They, they don't have any other guidance. So leave them alone. Yeah, it's stressful enough dealing with this. And these are life decisions. It's just, you know, if they want to pipe up and say stuff and everything, smile and look at it and go, okay, fine. And let it go by. And if you're 50 years, 60 years old, like me, you got to have a reason to be on Twitter. And I have to monitor because I've got a website that I manage and I have to monitor our Twitter account and and our Facebook account. But I am not picking on, I, I will not, and I will never, and you will never see anybody on this staff ever pick on a kid or talk to it other than the kids that have opened up and talked to us and we're always respectful and we'll always be respectful of them period because that's the way it works it's their choice they're free agents yep that's correct so at um at some time we're going to come back and we're going to do some more discussion brian and i are going to probably try to cook up another show. It'll probably be more of recruiting. I'd really like to start talking now that we get a, maybe get a promise of a season. 
kind of taking a look and a stroll through the the roster and start doing this on a podcast besides just articles and kind of talk through some of the roster and, and what we think might happen now that we didn't have a spring game. And Brian and I are both crushingly disappointed that we didn't have a spring game. Pretty boring work life for a sports fan right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of really hard. So we can't promise a week, a week, a week or whatever, but we will, as we get a couple of things together for a decent show, we'll put a decent show together so that you guys can stay in contact. We really miss doing our weekly wrap-ups of stuff. I'm absolutely, I, I still don't know what to do with myself. It's baseball season. Brian knows how much I love baseball. It's baseball season. And I have two baseball teams, the Hokies and the Nationals, and neither one of them are playing baseball. And it's just, it's really frustrating. So I guess we all have to be frustrated together. And hopefully we get through this and they start, they pull the lid off. And Brian lives in West Virginia. So his lid's been off kind of sort of for a while, but I live in Virginia and they got a lid with a pressure cooker handle on it. So uh, we'll see what happens. But everybody, keep your heads up. Smile. We'll be here. We'll be checking back with you. Keep wa- checking in with the site. Uh, there will be more Twilight article, program Twilight articles coming out because there's more interesting things that have developed. Brian's keeping up with the recruiting, the football recruiting Please stay tuned with that because there is going to be stuff happening. Brian, if you want to tip your hat before we say goodnight. I think we set up back on March 31st when Will Johnson from Maryland committed. We had about three commitments in 10 days, and then we had the the Justice Reed, the graduate transfer. It was a good month, and there was a lot of momentum going. And we have there's some silent commitments supposedly in the boat, and we know how silent commitments go, but – there are, there will be more players, several more players commit to the Hokies, and there will be some good players commit to the Hokies. We just got to weather the storm that's going on right now and, and keep going after it. I think there was an offer yesterday put out to a quarterback in Lucas Coley's a three-star out of San Antonio. I watched some of his highlights last night, and another promising guy. I think right now he's projected to go to Arkansas, but uh, you never know. That seems like the staff's on him pretty good right now, so – yeah, and his responses seem to be very positive. So, yep. Well, we'll see. Hey, he goes to Arkansas. He might never play football, a game of football. He comes to Tech. He's got might have a shot to playing football. So, we'll see. You know, that's what that that you know that's what they're going to be after him for. In the meantime, we've got we we know we have an existing team, and we'll start going through that roster, a few podcasts at a time, and a few articles at a time. And if everybody will just mind their P's and Q's, wash their hands, keep themselves at a respectable distance from each other, and we'll be back. And hopefully by the fall, we'll be, I'll be on the sideline and Brian will be in the booth. So as we always end everything on the podcast, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.